Hi, everyone, and welcome to the PhD to be podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things graduate school, except for today, because today is an after school snack special. Hooray! That's Natalie. I didn't introduce her. It's okay. You guys know the drill. You know the drill. So today, we are going to be talking about what we wanted to be when we grew up. Yeah. We were kids. I love it. I'm excited. And I guess young adults, too. Yeah, Um, totally. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So stick around. So today, like we said in the intro, we're doing an episode on what we wanted to be when we grew up, what jobs we wanted, things like that. Yeah, things that we dreamed of being. Yes. Oh, man. And Natalie wants to give a shout out to Kayla for recommending this topic. Yeah, Kayla always comes through with the topics. Um, I don't know if it's just like easier to ask people so that we don't have to think about them. Yeah, I, I Kayla... Isn't she a creative writer? She is. She's got imagination. She sure does. That's why. Shout out to Kayla. Thank you, Kayla. Thank you, Kayla. Yeah. You need to meet her. No, wait, you have have met her. her. I met her at the football game when we played Oklahoma State. That's right. Oh, yeah, because we went to Heim. But then I didn't sit with y'all. That's right. Because Tristan couldn't. Because things um, were, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. But we all met up at Heim. That's right. That was fun. And I met Sean. Yes. And Kayla. Yes. And Sean brought a friend. Uh, his brother Mark. Oh, it was his brother Mark, but yes. it's not Mark that has been on the podcast. No, it's a different one. No, it's a different Mark. Oh, okay. So many confusing I, names. Yeah, there's so many. Everybody's got the same name. Because Sean is also my husband, but not that Sean. Right. Two Seans, two Marks. I know. Sorry, We've got guys. Two Natalies in the English department here at TCU. Yeah. Like it's it's a lot. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> also, I just want to say we finished our first week of school today. Yes, we did, and it went well. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah, it was so. great. We, I haven't seen Dallas, like, hardly at all this week. We've only seen each other in passing. Yeah, this is probably the longest we've seen each other since last time we saw each other. So it's been yeah. hectic. But, it's been really busy. But we still get to join and record. So that's Which exciting. Yay! Yes. So. Okay. Yeah. Do you so, want to go first? What do you was, want me to go No, I want you to go first. I'm more excited to okay, hear okay. what you want it to be. Are you serious? I'm kind of excited what you wanted. I. No. I you can start. First. I'll start. Okay. Yeah. So, my earliest memory, right, of me dreaming of what I wanted to be when I grew up, I actually have, like, an artifact on it. So, this is what happened. I'm going to give a little bit of background. Um, I mentioned before that I grew up in Chicago, and so I was obviously going to school in Chicago, and I don't really know why this was the case. I'm thinking it's because we were probably like low socioeconomic status, which I say, and I really don't exactly feel like that was the case, but maybe it's just because we were a school full of like brown kids. I don't know. But there would be an opportunity for us to ask for Santa to get us gifts. And so the school, or I guess the district, the government, I don't know, would provide us gifts, right, for Christmas. Mm -hmm. I guess maybe the idea was maybe these kids don't have money. I don't know. I'm making assumptions. But, like, why else would a school give us, like, like, full-on, like, gifts? Like, yeah, so, anyway. So we were asked to write 
uh, letter for Santa. And it's funny because I actually don't remember this part, but we were asked to write a letter for Santa on the things that we wanted, what we wanted to be when we grew up. Well, for Christmas, I received a, my gifts from Santa from the school, like in the school mm-hmm. context. And with my gifts came a letter written from Santa. It was actually typed up, so. But it was from Santa. And it was on green paper, and it had little, like, holographic star stickers. Oh, it's so cute. I still have it to this day. That's so cute. It was so precious. And in the letter, it says um, something along the lines of, uh, you said that you wanted to be a doctor because you wanted to grow when when you grew up you wanted to help people you want to help people mm-hmm. and so the first thing that i can remember was i wanted to be a doctor but it was a medical doctor so yeah the, so the gift that they gave me was a little fisher price like doctor's carrying oh. case with like a stethoscope and a band-aid and oh. like the little thing that you stick in your ear the doctor oh sticks in gosh. your ears and so in that That's letter, so <laughs> it really was cute. Uh, but yeah, in that letter, it said um, that I wrote to Santa and told him that I wanted to be a doctor because I wanted to help people. And so that's my earliest like career memory, like thing that that's I wanted to be. so funny. How old do you think you were when Oh, this is in kindergarten. Kindergarten, okay. This okay. was in kindergarten. So you were like little, little. I was tiny. And... Oh. It's so funny thinking back to that letter now because, like, obviously I'm going to be a doctor, but not, like, a medical doctor. So, it's kind of funny that that ended up being, like, the route that I'm sort of going. I guess sort of. I'm, I say, like, I'm obviously going to get a PhD, but you never know what I end up will be doing, you know, like, when I graduate. Yeah. Or what I do 20, 30 years down the line. Well, um, no matter what you do, you'll have that credential to your name. This is true. So. This is true. So, I will be a doctor. Um, But, um. What really stood out to me from not just like wanting to be a doctor though is like the fact that I wanted to help people and it's so funny because like even though I want nothing to do with the medical field because all of that scares me and I just I don't it's just not my thing. I think it's so funny to think about how like my the reason why I wanted to be a doctor was to help people and I feel like that's the thing that I've always wanted to do and it's always continued and it's never gone away to this day even to like literally to this day I'm just thinking about constantly like how is it that I can help people like that's what I want to figure out still and it's funny because I feel like academia is very much to yourself like you're kind of publishing for your own benefit for your CV for this and that and like that's great and it's awesome and obviously I like doing that but I feel like right now my career I don't have enough. I'm not I'm not helping people in the way that I think I've always wanted to. And I'm support. I mean, I'm like ADC, so I'm supporting like my graduate instructors and my friends and whatnot. But I just feel like little me wanted to help in different ways. And I still will want that. And so I think that's funny that I remember, like I said, I have proof of that letter that I wrote. Um, so that's the earliest dream of a thing that I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> that is so cute. I think I That's still have so the little cute. Fisher Price. Like it must, That's it's so like cute. there are parts missing. It's okay. But I think I still have it like at my parents' house. That's so cute. That is so precious, honestly. And how sweet that your school had a program that did provide that kind of stuff because whether or not 
it was because of like a lower socioeconomic status. Just think if they asked in the letter what if all these kids wrote about what they wanted to be when they grew up, that they kind of wanted to support that. Even if even though your dreams changed and your career path changed, the fact that somebody was willing to donate money to contribute to supporting a little kid's dream and the is fact, so amazing. And the fact that the the gift was tailored to, to you what i had said in that letter and i don't remember what else is a part of that gift there was more i know there was more. yeah but that's the one that but that's the one that i remember because of the letter and i remember Mm -hmm. having it i still have it at my parents house and so everything you say is right and then taking a step forward and saying okay i'm actually going to read your letter and then give you a gift that connects to that Mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty great that's pretty amazing uh i for sure never had anything like that at school but I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, I guess for me, like, so I just remember wanting to be a professional ballerina, <laughs> which is like obvious. If you know me, you know, I did ballet all my life and yeah, but I think I only just thought that that's what I wanted to do because I was always told that that's what I would mm. end up doing, which is interesting because I look back and I think I had all the right makeup of becoming a ballet dancer, um, body-wise, but dedication-wise, no. Yeah. And I think when you are just told that you're going to be a prima ballerina, like something in me was like, oh, then I don't have to work hard. It's just all going to happen. So I never really, not that I didn't put the work in, but at the same time, I thought things were just going to come to me. And no one really ever, like, explained to me, like, hey, you have to actually, like, like, yes, you could, this could possibly be your career, but you can't just assume it's going to happen. But when you just tell, when people are just telling, oh, yeah, you're just going to be amazing when you're 16. I just thought I was going to be, I thought things were just going to click and I was going to be amazing at 16. Like, nobody was really properly, like, training me or giving me the kind of knowledge of, like, what all of that entailed. So I just kind of, by the time I realized I needed to put the work in it was a little too late but I think I never really had like the dedication that would have been required to actually become a professional ballet dancer and that's fine but I feel like I like focused I I I spent so much time just assuming like just thinking well that's what everybody says my life trajectory is going to be that must be what it's going to be that I kind of I don't know that I spent a whole lot of time actually outside of just assuming I was going to do ballet for a living, thinking much outside of like what my career would actually be outside of that. Yeah. And I had floated things around, of course. Like I always knew I wanted to go to college, but I always thought, but I'm still going to be a prof- uh, like a pro ballet dancer. Like it's weird because I don't know why, like I don't know why I thought this for so long, but I mean, I was little. I was maybe like from the age of like seven to 10, that was just like told to me. How did you get in ballet in the first place so this i do remember so i wanted to be in girl scouts because all my friends at the time were in girl scouts and i told my mom can i be in girl scouts because all of my friends were and she was like girl scouts is whack <laughs> she's like girl scouts is so lame no like you well, can't be in girl scouts like we ain't doing that um but one of my friends who was in Girl Scouts also took dance class. Mm-hmm. And when you, most dance studios, 
you know, mom and pop dance studios, recreational dance studios, they will film the dance recitals. So gotcha. my friend would bring her video of her dance recital and we would watch it at daycare sometimes. Oh, interesting. And I'd be like, there's Autumn on the TV. Her name was Autumn. Cute. Like, Autumn's on TV. <laughs> I want to do that. And she would bring her ballet shoes and her tap shoes for us to just play with. Cute. And I, lo- and I loved the tap shoes because, you know, they make the, the noise. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went home one day and I was like, Mom, can, what about dance? Can I be in dance? Like, you said no to Girl Scouts. Well, what about dance? And she was like, sure, dance is cool. Okay. So that's how I got into dance. So it wasn't a, like, I want to be a professional ballet dancer, so put me in dance. This came no. as a result of being in dance. The, yes, yes. Gotcha. And then it's kind of like a long story. and So I'll give as much of like a Cliff Notes version as I can because I don't want to bore anybody, but basically the dance studio i started going to i didn't just do ballet like I, we did ballet tap jazz whatever whatever mm-hmm. and but then we had somebody come and teach ballet because the original ballet instructor her husband was in the um iraq war okay and they yeah. had to move mm-hmm. to like somewhere somewhere mm-hmm. i know they went to germany for a while but i think there was I might be, like, relaying all of that wrong. But basically, they moved, like, out of the country, wherever they went. And um, so we needed a new ballet instructor. And we got a guy who had been classically trained. And, I mean, you could tell, like, he could have had a professional career easily. I don't know why he didn't. Um, And he became the new, like, ballet instructor. And he was the one who was, like, you have potential to become a professional ballerina Mm. and he's the one that kind of buttered me up to all of this idea and i'm not saying he was wrong i think he saw some potential in me that i i maybe didn't see in myself at the time so after that um i decided that i only wanted to do ballet and so i kind of hated doing the other types of dance (laughs) after that i stuck it out for a while because you know you you sign up to take classes you just pay for all of them you pay for all Mm -hmm. of them so i was in like all the different styles and really i only cared about ballet i would go to the ballet classes with the old girls who were in like high school um when i was like seven and eight like i was little like in this like class with all these older girls and um and i mean none of those girls were this is gonna sound harsh but like none of those girls were good at ballet like none of them had to act like he was the first person that came in and was actually giving like proper ballet like, yeah, training because yeah. most of those little dance studios they don't know how to do proper ballet training like mm. it's very you'll a lot of those mom and pop type studios that's the kinds that like they really don't know what they're it's not that they don't know what they're doing but they don't have the proper technique yeah, yeah, which I is mean, like the like, main foundation of it it's like you could sit there and tell me what the moves are all day but if you can't show me the proper technique then i'm gonna injure myself mm. so yeah so he was like but he actually knew what he was talking about so he opened up his own dance studio i followed him to his new dance studio um and then things kind of just went south from there like things just weren't great um i don't know he kind of wanted to move away from ballet so i got like really annoyed by that and i went to a different dance studio that was focused all on ballet gotcha and that was at the ballet Mm -hmm. studio that i always like say like oh i went here Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm to Lafayette Ballet Theater and they but I had done the Nutcracker with them because they do a local production of the Nutcracker every year and they invite other girls from other dance studios to come in and participate in the ballet and you have to like audition and everything and I remember when I went to my first audition for the Nutcracker I think I was 10 and I remember 
the two women who own the dance studio, I remember them just like watching me, not like in a bad way, but just like watching observing, me, giving, observing, yeah, but yeah. like not really observing the other kind of girls, yeah, yeah, I get you. like really paying attention, really mm-hmm. giving me like thoughtful, like corrections and stuff on mm. everything. And I mean, like they wanted me to be at their studio. Yeah. I think they had even told my parents, like we want Dallas at our studio. That's amazing. And they were like, well, then you need to tell her that. And they were like, we're not going to tell her that because we don't recruit other girls because we don't want to take away business from other local mm. studios, which is that's admirable. fair. Yeah, like, that's, that's fair. fair. At least they're trying to be like ethical about yeah. it. Yeah. So my hard head though, like, didn't want to transfer over there full time <sighs> until I was like fourteen, and then by then I was like, I was more into like just doing my schoolwork and like focusing mm. on like getting good grades. That I just didn't have the time. Not that I didn't have the time to focus on ballet, but like my parents both were working full time. Like I didn't have anybody to bring me to extra classes. My mom and dad wouldn't have been able to pay for me to do like private lessons. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of was playing catch up for a while. And by the time I got caught up, like all the girls that who were younger than me were still better than me. You know, they still had had the proper training and the proper technique and were actually being taught like real things in ballet and weren't just being, weren't just being taught like basic things that they already were good at where like you're like I felt like my old teacher I felt like he only wanted me to do things I was already good at like things I was already decent at doing like it was never like okay now we're gonna learn something new Mm. it was always like we're just gonna keep doing the same thing we've been doing so I felt like there was no like room for growth there yeah so Mm. I'm sorry this is this got long but that so I kind of always just assumed I would be a ballet dancer and then when I realized like I was maybe like 16 I was like you know what I really don't think like I don't think I can do this because I, I'm not good enough by any means. But also, like, I just don't know if I have the dedication or the willpower to even want to do this. Like, yeah. Because I'm sure if I wanted to, I could have done it. I could have caught up. Yeah. You know, yeah. I could have maybe worked harder and done more. But honestly, it just, I just didn't, I didn't care anymore. Like, it was yeah. just for fun at that point. Yeah. It wasn't about, like, oh, I want to become a professional. So, anyway... But a lot of that was just stunted because I was told, like, oh, you're going to be a professional, like, because your yeah. things are just going to come naturally and, like, you're just going to be good. And it's like, that doesn't work. And right. I don't know why, like, I just went along with that. But when you have people just telling you that, you just tend to think it. Yeah. But as far as, like, other things, I remember thinking, I remember in third grade, we'd have, like, a dress up, like, the career you want to mm-hmm. be day. And I remember I dress. I remember dressing up like kind of teacherly and just saying like, "Oh, I want to be a teacher." But I don't know if I really cons- like actually like, really thought about yeah. that or gave that like some serious consideration. Mm. But it's funny because now, like, what am I doing? I'm teaching, so yeah. I guess I did want to be a teacher in some capacity. I just didn't really think about it too much yeah. then. I um I want to go back to something you said earlier about like how this dream of being a professional ballet dancer really took over your life to the point where it kind of clouded like you didn't do anything else yeah I've actually thought about that a lot in my own personal life so um for a brief second I wanted to be a chef which is I I don't know where the heck that dream came from <laughs> because like I don't like cooking to this day like I, I mean I'll do it yeah and I can enjoy it when I make certain dishes like Mexican dishes I tend to enjoy a little bit more and I like cooking for people but like to be a chef like I don't know where I got that like it just <sighs> felt like I just said I want to be a chef and then yeah it was very short-lived but the dream that I had that consumed my life for like seven years was I wanted to be famous 
Oh my god, I feel like we all have that though. Like I remember thinking like I would love to be famous. Well, so let but, me But like I don't know why I thought that I wanted to be famous. <laughs> Well, let me give a little bit of backstory. This one also comes with some backstory. Okay. And then we'll get to sort of the point that I really like that you said. So when High School Musical came out, oh, high you, musical. you already know I became obsessed. Mm. I think I was in eighth grade. So I was in middle school when it came out. And when I watched that movie, I was like, I want to sing. I want to dance. I want to act. I want to be in theater. I want to be in movie. Like that is what pushed me to hyper focus. Yeah on this dream for a very long time so um I, I that's just all i wanted i wanted to say i was obsessed with um the idea of being in a play i was obsessed with like musicians and i was obsessed with i wanted to dance i cannot sing i cannot act and i cannot dance but it took up so much of my time from eighth grade all the way through high school and even a little bit further later so basically when i got to high school theater was an elective right and i was like i want to be in theater but i was so shy like how was i gonna actually do this and so i put myself in so many situations where i'm like well this is what actors and actresses do like you have to do this and i would put myself in these situations thinking back i'm like why did i do that um but all because i wanted to be famous i wanted to be an actress like i said i was obsessed yeah eventually i started sort of thinking about like okay i'm not that good like i can't i don't have rhythm so i can't dance i really don't have rhythm i can't sing that one was pretty easy to figure out too and then the acting i'm like okay you can grow with that one i'm like okay you know what like i can so um I would be like an understudy and all these types of things and like just not doing a great job and seeing like other of like my um like classmates in theater like doing like fantastic you know and I was like okay you know what like if this is what I want to do like how about I go to college to get a theater degree right because mm -hmm. I had never dreamed of going to college up until about junior year of high school and so I decide, like, I'm going to pursue theater in college, right? So that's what I do. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to teach high school theater. And that's where sort of that teaching sort of part of the dream, like, kind of appeared. Because I, mm -hmm. I, I got to a point where I was like, I kind of, I, I know that I'm probably not going to actually be famous. <laughs> but... um. I still like theater. Like, I still want to mm -hmm. be involved. So how about I teach it? Well, I started pursuing that degree and I was involved in the theater at my community college for the first couple of years that I was um, doing my associates. And I kind of stuck with that. And before I tell you, like, the actual thing that then put me on the path that I'm on now I think what's interesting about what you said is like I was also so hyper focused on this one thing that looking back and I'm, I've I've thought about this recently how like that hyper focused on this one thing like there could have been other things that we could have done to maybe just broaden our horizons and that's no, through no fault of our own. Like, we're kids. You can only mm. reflect back. Like, you know, all those types of things. But I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, I wish I would have pursued other things that I think maybe could have prepared me a little bit better for what I'm 
doing now or what I could do now. Cause like I've recently had this moment and it's probably, it's cause of therapy, but like, I want to learn how to roller skate. I want to learn how to play the guitar. Like I want to learn how to do all these little things just because like I didn't do that as a kid. Not that you're supposed to learn how to do those things, but like, there's just so many things that I feel like I'm, I want to start doing now that probably would have been better opportunities if I had started a lot earlier, but I was so hyper-focused on this one thing and like granted like I kind of ran into a similar situation like with you Dallas like where your parents couldn't like pay for certain things or couldn't like go pick you up like same situation like I even when I stayed after school for the theater stuff like I had nobody to go pick me up like I either had to walk home or hope that one of my uh, neighbors like was nearby or wait for my dad to pick me up like there was even though that was the thing that I ended up putting all my eggs in one basket the other thing even if I would have pursued other things, I think it also would have been hard to do so just because of the access to things that I had. And so I really like that you said that because I feel like that was the same for me, except you had more potential and I didn't. No, I think, I think a lot of people just saw like the, like I, first off, I just want to mention too, like I don't regret any of my ballet training or any of the things I did like regarding dance. Like I love that I did dance. I do wish sometimes that I would have explored other like outlets for sure, but I don't like necessarily, I don't regret it. I had fun. I loved it. But, um, I think people saw my, it's hard to tell when you're a child too because you're still growing but i think when i was young people saw my body and thought you have a ballet dancer body like you're going to grow into a ballet dancer body and this is going to sound weird to people who aren't familiar with ballet but i had really nice feet for ballet Mm. um basically if you can point your feet nicely like with a nice like arch like that's like really coveted in ballet like most people have to like work really hard to even get their foot to be able to arch that much and even then like some people just don't have good like feet and so I had started doing point when I was nine um most girls don't start until they're 12 oh wow that's a huge cap so my very first pair of point shoes are like little baby point shoes oh my (laughs) goodness do you still have them I do sweet my they're at my parents house yeah yeah, I do have them Uh cute and so like things like that where yeah. it was like I was kind of like put on this like trajectory of like yeah you're gonna be a ballet dancer yeah. like it was just kind of told to me that that's what it was gonna be not by my parents my parents were happy with whatever I wanted yeah. to do and they were willing to support me with whatever I wanted to right. do but it was just like all these people from outside of like that like yeah. my dance teachers and stuff yeah. but it was interesting because I I don't know what happened I don't know at the dance studio that I ended up going to uh i laugh your belly theater i don't know what happened if because they had their studio was very old they just recently like built a new nice one it's beautiful but when i was going there their studio was really old Mm -hmm. and there were parts of the floor that were like buckling oh i don't know if i tripped from the floor or if i almost hurt myself doing something on that floor at one point that i lost all my um like courage to try things in ballet Mm. i used to be able to do pirouettes i could easily do triples sometimes quads no problem Mm -hmm. any little thing you need me to do i would just be willing to try it yeah it's like after i got once i got older it's like something happened i don't know like i think like i must have like almost fallen or hurt myself Mm -hmm. like that it scared scared you yeah that like after that i could not do turns 
like I couldn't do them. I'd be lucky if I could do a double pirouette. Like wow. my ballet teachers would be like, like I don't like what like you know they'd be like, well, why can't you just like mm-hmm. just do it? Like everybody else is doing it. Why can't you do it? Like and it's not that I couldn't. I just something was like there's like some maybe, sort of like mental mm-hmm. block, and it just never went away after wow. that. That's and weird. that's when I saw a lot of my potential really go down because mm-hmm. I lost that kind of like fearlessness in myself to just let myself do without like worrying about whether or not I was going to fall. But it was like, I just could not, I could not stop my brain. Like my brain just was, it was such a mental block. Yeah. Wow. Um, because I could balance on point for like ever, like everybody knew I could balance on point forever. Like you need me to do hold something. You need me to hold a position. I can do that. And that's hard. But if I could do that, theoretically I could do turns and it was just like, I just Just couldn't, couldn't do it. Hmm. I'd fall out of them every time. Like I would fall out of them every single time. And it's weird because that was never really an issue before. So I think something must have happened that I can't really remember or pinpoint that scared me that I just never got my mojo back with that. So that also was like a hindrance too. Yeah. But that didn't mean, but like, I still felt like the dedication and the dream wasn't necessarily there the whole time. Like it was starting to dwindle. I was just interested in school, you know? Yeah. But, um, but ballet taught me so many other things that I think still, have carried on into my life that I maybe like when I stop and think about it, I'm like, that's gotta be due to my ballet training. Like for sure, (laughs) you know? And then I just remember like in high school and stuff, I remember thinking about, you know, being famous. I love Broadway. So I remember thinking like, I would love to just like dance on Broadway, but again, not a lot of it is ballet focused. Mm -hmm. So just like other types of dances. Except for like maybe Phantom of the Opera, which they've, I think they're like, they're taking it off. Which I'm like, interesting why classic don't take it down don't take it off but um anyway but i remember thinking like well there's other things i could do that would still be dance that would still help me right i could still perform it just wouldn't be on like this it wouldn't be attached to like you know a professional dance company Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. you know so like i thought about that kind of stuff too um but you know at at the end of the day like i just think the dedication just wasn't fully there like it just wasn't it wasn't enough yeah, I, you know, and I, I was very, I was, I wouldn't say that I was dedicated in that, you know, wanting to be famous and whatnot, um, but I sure wouldn't let it go, but I was still, I was a very shy, nervous yeah. kid, like anxious kid that like, I don't, like it really was, I had to find, if, if, if I was going to actually do it. I had to have a lot of courage. And let me tell you, I didn't get courage until recently. Yeah. And so I think that dedication, I'm more defining it for myself, not that you were using it in the wrong way, but like, I feel like dedication, like it's like that drive to like do the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had enough dedication because I mean, I think I was also just being realistic too. Like I knew I wasn't going to be good at these things, but I still somehow held on to that. Yeah. And I think for me, like I'm really, I'm a person that operates very well with a set routine and ballet provided me that routine. School provided me that routine. Mm -hmm. So then it became just like, you know, it becomes a comfort. Like, Oh, I have ballet today. Like, even if I didn't feel like going, because sometimes you just don't feel like going. But right. Like, what would I have done if I didn't have, like, what would I have gotten into if I didn't have ballet after school? I was very routined about, you know, what time I woke up in the morning, mm-hmm. coming home and doing my school work immediately, yeah. getting ready for ballet and, like, going to ballet, coming home. Like, everything was very, like, organized and set. 
and I like thrive in that kind of environment. Yeah. So I think at that point too, like the dedication to actually like become a professional wasn't there, but the dedication to stick to the routine was there. Right, right. And I think like when I look back on my life, I was always so much more dedicated to my schoolwork. Like even if I wasn't getting straight A's, just like this idea of like I have to make good grades, like that was and not that the other girls I went to ballet with didn't make great good grades. Like they all did really well in mm-hmm. school too. Like I think we just have that perfectionistic kind of thing. Yeah. But like I just couldn't care about ballet as much as like to me ballet was never as important as my grades. Wow. Like yeah. at the end of the day, I'd be like, well, if I have a test to study for, I'm sorry, like I can't come to ballet that day. Like, I need to stay home and study for this test. Yeah, that's how you know. Like, so it was like know. I was sacrificing some one thing for something else, and like it was always school that came first, which I think school should come first when you're that age because you got to learn. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I just was, yeah. I would rather just put most of my energy towards school. Yeah. So I think with that being said, I'll add maybe like my next dream growing up yeah and I think it's gonna start to connect like with yours so when I was in community college and I was doing those theater classes like one of the one of the um requirements for my associates like your you know when you do your first couple of years in college was to take an English class and so I took a literature class I don't remember what it was called but I remember this is if you've listened to the podcast before this is where I read Frankenstein and it was where I decided that I wanted to study literature. And so I feel like that's where the dream like connects to now. Yeah. Um, and it's funny cause I didn't learn this until maybe like high school or maybe even like early college around the time when I learned that I wanted to be a literature professor. Um, I learned that I come from a history of teachers. Like my, on my dad's side there was a lot of teachers my uh grandma was a catholic school teacher um and so i'm like okay so maybe that's just part of who you know my lineage or whatever but um i decided i wanted to be a lit professor and at the same time when i was wanting to be a lit professor i wanted to start i wanted to write my own book like i wanted to be like a fiction writer and which is funny because i think a lot of people maybe in our position want to be writers i still have this dream of like i'll just write a novel but i but i but i have no thoughts see because we're not creative writers no we're not but there's something about that that sounds very idealistic of like (laughs) i just want to be an author well and so i dreamed of that for like a quick second um just because i loved literature and everything it did um I don't obviously like it as much as I used to. Um, but that's really where I began. That's really where I began with like wanting to be a professor specifically in literature. And so that I feel like has really fueled the trajectory, obviously, that I'm on now. Mm-hmm. Do you have a moment where you decided like when I grow up, not only do I like school, but I want to be a professor? Like when yes. was that moment? So I talked about this, I think, on the first episode, right, where I went to Louisiana Girls State and I I don't remember, but it's not. That's okay. I can retell yeah, it. Please. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so basically, I got chosen by my school to go to this uh, camp. It's Essentially, it's like a week-long camp. Mm-hmm. There's Louisiana Girl State and there's Louisiana Boy State. And it's all happening like at the same place at a college campus. But they like separate the boys and the girls, obviously. 
And basically what they do is they teach you how to run the government at the local and state uh, yes, level. Yes, I do remember this. So like it goes all the way up though to like you vote for it. Like somebody becomes governor, somebody becomes like attorney general. Like you have to like, you can go all the way up the ranks like mm-hmm. to the top, which is a governor. And they teach you how to like actually like do votes, like what you would actually do in the real like live, you know. Yeah, government. Government <laughs> things, you know. And um, and same with the boys. They would do the same thing. Um, and then at the end, we'd have like a dance and we'd all get to like, the girls and the boys would get to Cute. mingle. Um, but the girls and the boys, I will say, it was kind of funny because they were like separated all week. So if you saw the boys, like the girls would make fun of the boys or the boys would make fun of the right, girls. Like, right, right. Like Very movie-esque. Yes, and it was so funny. And I was telling a story about that today, actually, about how I the boys all pointed and laughed at me one day because I, I got hit by these doors that were supposed to be like automatic but they kind of would stay open for too long and close for too long. And they were closing and my group was leaving and I was like running to catch up and the door like hit me because it was coming in as I was running out and they were like point and laugh. And so all the boys pointed and laughed at me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah, it's fine. Uh, anyway, that camp after that, I was a Senator at the camp. Like that's what my like government role was. And, uh, I really enjoyed it and I thought like wow like this is a job I could like have one day and I thought I wanted to go to law school because I was like oh if I'm a lawyer I'll learn all about like laws and you just kind of learn all that stuff and a lot of people who go to law school end up becoming politicians Mm -hmm. in some way so I thought that would be like a good gateway into politics smart and you know what I learned I hate politics so like obviously the camp is going to make it more fun than like real life right you know so i majored in english with the intention that like i would gain the writing skills i would need to and the reading skills that i would need for law school and then my second semester of my freshman year i had my professor joe who was so great and i just like after just seeing the way she taught her class was really um just good and like I just really enjoyed her class and I used to be really shy and like she just wouldn't like make me like talk to the class like I could kind of just tell her what I wanted to say and she would just repeat it like she was just very kind and supportive and she kind of understood where people were coming from yeah whether they were shy or whether they were outgoing like she was just like supportive of whatever kind of situation you were in and I just really enjoyed the way she ran her class and I was like I want to be I want to be Joe when I grow up yeah and that was kind of that I never looked back after that I was like I'm gonna be a professor and like that was it and that's what you're doing and that's what I'm doing but it did take until I got to college to kind of have that understanding but again like I was so consumed with ballet it took me so long to figure out what I even wanted to do and then I really enjoyed the um the girl state so I thought well maybe I could do something you know I could do something with politics like that was so great like and that's something because you know i'd have to fill like you know people ask you like well what do you want to go to when, what do you want to do when you go to college and you're like oh, i guess i'll just major in dance like no i did not want to major in dance i would have been miserable majoring in dance so yeah. i'm i'm glad that i obviously it all worked out the way it was supposed to but yeah but that was my moment where like oh i could be a professor and i like that that's been consistent since yeah, like, I literally, like, when I think of other career tra- trajectories that I could have had, like, there's never a doubt, there's never a question. The only thing I always think I would have loved to do that I never had the opportunity is I love marine animals. Oh, yes. I would love to have been, like, a marine biologist, but that wasn't available to me when I started college. And also, like, science is hard. Mm-hmm. And also, like, 
as much as I love marine animals, I don't really want to get close to them either. Just from afar. Just from afar. <laughs> just let me admire them from afar. Yeah. And I'll be happy with that. So maybe I don't really actually need to be a marine biologist, but right. uh, sometimes I think that could have been a cool life, but I mean, but like, but, but I mean like that never like seriously, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, but yeah, the professor career goal has been the career goal since since undergrad since freshman year and i mean yeah i've like been like okay well if if it doesn't work out what would i do you know realistically but i mean i've never but at the end of the day like this is what i want to do i'm not gonna not do it yeah 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 i um i mean once i got back once i got on the path of like english being in english um i've i've changed obviously y'all know that i started off in lit went to grad school then i started teaching and tutoring writing and i was like no i need to switch and so ever since uh fall 2019 i told myself i said um i don't know if i've quoted this before but it'll probably be in my dissertation i said to the writing center director and the coordinator at osu and i said if I'm going to get a PhD, I'm going to be a WPA. Yeah. And that's what my dream is now. Like, and that's what I'm doing. I'm in yeah. rhetoric. I'm a assistant director of comp. Like, I'm, I love composition and all those types of things. So, it's like, that didn't actually start to form until 2019. Yeah. Um, And I still think, though, that, like, as I've, even just this, like, this year, um, I now I'm like I like to call myself like a writer like I like writing I write for my friend's blog I write you know I'm writing for some book chapters and all those types of things so it's like now I'm just like I've just kind of adopted like I never dreamed of being a writer but now I'm adopting like yeah I'm a writer like I write like I I, you know I publish and I even if it's like public facing so um it's only been a couple years since I actually decided this path um so and it's been great and I love it yeah so would little Natalie, five years old, who wanted to be a medical doctor, think that Natalie of today is, like, do you think your younger self would be looking up to yourself today? I I don't think my Natalie, my, me, Nat, <laughs> it's weird trying to talk about yourself as, like, a different person, because, like, small you versus big yeah, you. I think five-year-old Natalie, small Natalie, would kind of be, like, what the heck like it probably would have came out of nowhere like i don't think i would have ever imagined this being a thing i mean come on you know we were kids my parents didn't go like those types of things same yeah but i think because i loved reading as a kid i mean we talked about like that i think it would i think they would be like oh cool you get to like you like reading like i think that would be really cool um I know I never imagined myself as a writer or a maybe teacher. I think, I think mm-hmm. maybe little me would have been like, yeah, like that is cool. You are teaching and you are doing stuff with books. Yeah. Um, but maybe other facet, facets of it maybe wouldn't be like, I don't know. I just don't think it would register, but um, I hope that she would be proud. Yeah. What about you? Would little Dallas be like, you're so cool. I think little Dallas would be like, your hair is curly, first of all. <laughs> My hair was not always curly, so I think little me would be like, what? <laughs> Upon seeing me for the first time, they'd be like, what happened to your hair? Yeah. That would be number one. Number two, 
I think again, like kind of how you said, like the whole idea of like being a professor just really wouldn't like translate. Mm-hmm. Like I probably wouldn't understand it because again, like my parents didn't go to college either. And yeah. like that whole idea of like, well, what's a professor other than right. just like a teacher? Like exactly. what makes them a professor versus a teacher? Like exactly. I, I don't think I really understood that probably until I got to college and understood yes. like the difference. Yep. So I think maybe I just wouldn't understand. But if I kind of explained it to myself as like, oh, I'm a teacher. I'd probably be like, okay, cool. And I talk about books. And I talk about books. Like, I'd probably think that was cool. Yeah. Because I was a big reader. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm thinking about it now because you were saying earlier that you come from a line of teachers. Mm -hmm. I don't really have a lot of family members who are teachers. My aunt was a school teacher. um, But it's weird because the people who I know that are school teachers are all people who were like family friends and people I go to church with back home. Um, so I've always been surrounded by teachers, just not in my family. Yeah. But like when I'm thinking about it now, I'm like, wow, like it makes sense. Like I have been like, I'm kind of, I was like, I haven't been surrounded by teachers, but like, I really have been yeah, like some sort of influence Even or something. Just dance teachers. Like that's yeah. teaching. Yeah. And it's like, when I'm thinking about it now, I'm like, I have been surrounded by teachers. So maybe this does make sense. Yeah. This is a fun episode. It is a fun episode. It's kind of deep a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really expect to like get into my whole like ballet career. No, but I didn't. I mean, that's a good, like, I like that you did that. I think it's really important because like I said, like I was also so consumed in this one thing that. Yeah. Like. And it's just weird because it was like as much as it consumed me. It still was like always kind of on on the back burner to school. Which is just so weird when I think about it now. That's so funny. But I did love it and I did want yeah. to, I wanted to for a long time. It just wasn't yeah. until I was like an older teenager that I was like, I don't want, I don't want this for a career. Yeah. Yeah. I'd still love to be famous, but maybe in different ways and better ways. But I think honestly, and I'll say this and then we can wrap up. I think my desire, and this is something that I've been thinking about recently too. Like, I think my desire to be famous now is more for the money. Yeah. So that I can help people i think it ultimately ties back to that because i think about that all the times i'm like and like i said i i want to write about this because i think it's really connected to sort of like being a christian but like i want i would love to make a lot of money so i can help others and give it away because i have this idea that i'm trying to unlearn that like if even if you help one person like that's enough but to me like i'm still like but i could help so many more people so i think um i'd still love to be famous i mean i even thought about being like a youtuber like at one point all those types of things i had some i had a friend once tell me that i should be a youtuber because the way i relay stories are funny which i thought was interesting (laughs) because i don't find that i'm funny at all but maybe i am i think you're funny you have to say that you're my best friend i'm sorry um but like <laughs> i think you are funny oh thank you i think sometimes because like even my mom will be like oh my god the way you just like retell the story is so funny and i'm like okay you're you have a great memory which we've talked about i think that's probably part of it too i do have a really good memory so i mm-hmm. remember a lot of stupid stuff and then yeah like i don't know but i guess like when i'm telling a story about something that I'm happened like, yeah. sometimes i can be funny when i relay it so someone told me i should have like a youtube because it would be funny to hear me just like talk about like my stories and i used to be really into makeup yeah so, so you, could, like, you do. could do like a makeup and like tell tell all these like goofy yeah. stories and i'm like yeah maybe sometimes i still think a youtube channel would be fun but like it wouldn't be that yeah it'd be like a probably like a cleaning youtube channel Ooh, yeah and you could tell stories while you're cleaning <gasps> i could 
we'll see i love it anyway okay maybe but anyway we maybe mean you can have like a phd to be podcast youtube I'd channel love to but but i don't know how to i don't like all the filming and stuff yeah and editing editing that'd be really hard i don't know how to do all that yeah audio editing is so much already, easier yeah and it's, it's already it's already plenty just yeah, recording we yeah. don't need to anyway do we can figure that out for the future yeah one of these days but yeah so i still think that could be fun but yeah for now i also just like not being famous too yeah same same anonymity is a great thing too. it really is all right well i think that's gonna wrap up today's episode i think so yeah, yeah. do you want to close it out yeah so thanks for listening as always and if you want to email us about any topic suggestions questions concerns whatever you can email us at the phd to be podcast at gmail.com or you can follow us on our instagram at the phd to be podcast that's where we post all of our episode updates and little funny things to our instagram stories and yeah thank you bye everyone bye